0: You are now listening to the I'm not supposed to be here podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. As always, Um, I have a very special guest, very excited to talk to her. Uh, Today we're talking to Carrie Ann Lattimore. How's it going?
2: Hey, it's going pretty good. How about you?
1: Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Busy weeks, but it's August has flown by. So it's, it's kind of crazy. But but yeah, it's it's just that's how time works now, I guess.
2: I know we're at the end of summer. I was at the pool yesterday just, you know, getting sunburned as per usual, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh shit, we don't have much of this left."
1: Like, is summer your favorite season?
2: It has been recently. Like the last few years, I I just love to like sit outside and drink cocktails with my friends. It's like <laughs> people are like, "Oh, what are your hobbies?" and I'm like, "I sit on patios with a margarita yeah,
0: in my hand." That's yeah.
2: Um yeah so i'm not looking forward to i'm in indiana so it's mm-hmm. winter is kind of brutal here but right. um we me and my fiance may be moving in the next year or so so i'm kind of mm-hmm. pushing for uh somewhere a little bit more south a little bit yeah. warmer where i can have yeah. sunshine yeah. year round
1: for sure yeah um yeah. i mean i like the summer but i'm definitely more of like a fall person so that that like very short sweet spot between summer and winter
2: Oh, yeah, um, when it's like crispy outside. Yeah, crispy, yeah. 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 You can
1: like smell the crispness, like uh-huh. all that stuff. Like that's oh, yeah. that's mine. But um, but yeah, I mean, summer has been fun, but I- I'm definitely looking forward to a little bit of uh, a cooler weather situation.
2: Yeah, well, Starbucks just released their fall drinks today. It's already, it's <laughs> Did already, they really? pumpkin, yes, it's already wow. pumpkin season.
1: <laughs> well, that's, I'm sure that's great news for a certain specific uh, category of people in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, cool well yeah thanks for being here thanks for talking Um, do you mind starting off with just a little bit of about yourself
2: yeah for sure Um, so I am a copywriter by trade in Indianapolis Um, I work uh, for a pretty big agency now I just started a new job what five, six weeks ago. So
0: wow.
2: um, graduated from a kind of small regional ad agency <laughs> to mm. um, a bit of the big league. So nice. it's been a little hectic trying to kind of catch up and everything. Um, mm. But yeah, I live in Indy. Um, I I say I live in Indy. I mostly live on Twitter. Um, <laughs> very online, which is how we got connected. Right. Um, yeah, I just... I don't know. Intros are so hard. It's like, what, Uh, what do I share about myself? Uh,
1: Like, Where are you originally from? Are you originally from Indiana? Okay. Yeah.
2: So I'm originally from Columbus, Indiana, which is about an hour South of Indianapolis um, Mm. home of Mike Pence, which we don't like to talk about. I'm on this podcast. That's for sure. (laughs) That's a whole different one. Um, But also the home of uh, Chuck Taylor as in the shoes. So that's the fun fact we like to focus on. Um, But yeah, I grew up in Columbus, Indiana pretty medium-sized town small city um Mm. and then went to college first in boston and then transferred to iu indiana Mm. university which is just about an hour from india as well Mm. um graduated yep the hoosiers good job um (laughs) (laughs) and then graduated and moved to india and started working at an agency first um as a like account exec uh business mm. development and then moved into a copywriting role and nice. have not looked back since and now i'm working remote. Nice. so
1: yeah. I, I used to like the colts because andrew luck i went I, he was from houston and i played against him in high school a few times
2: no so, way
1: yeah so i was always a big fan of him um oh, but anyways that's so
2: cool. yeah i saw uh, him at um whole foods
1: the re- other recently? day.
2: Uh, not super recently. Uh, It was like uh, within the last like several months. But yeah. And I was just like I was you know, I was in like the the produce section or something buying Uh tomatoes and I turn around and he's standing there and I was like (laughs) I just look around like is no is no one else seeing this? Everyone's just kinda walking around and we're not gonna talk about the fact that Andrew Luck is like ten feet from
0: me. Wow. (laughs) Of course I didn't like
2: say anything or say hi or whatever, but um yeah,
0: it's you'll see a lot of kind
2: of sports folks at the the downtown whole foods there's basketball wow. players around there all the time too yeah. which,
1: <laughs> that's the place to go if you want to just yeah apparently run into so famous. yeah there you go <laughs> good i'm glad we we got that um mm-hmm. for the for the listeners who are, who are planning mm-hmm. their trips there yeah um <laughs> cool cool well yeah let's uh let's hop into the podcast obviously like you mentioned the premise is i'm not supposed to be here which has a bunch of different meanings, a bunch of different people, but um, what does it mean to you? What, what about that phrase resonates with you the most?
2: Yeah. So when I, you know, first started thinking about this, I keep focusing on the word supposed mm-hmm. because I'd, I feel like I relate to a lot, to it a lot as, uh, so I, I'm a Virgo. As mm-hmm. I tell a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. very type A, I wouldn't say controlling. some people might, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm very much kind of like logical, like oriented in terms of like I'm gonna do ABC steps to get to this result. I'm going right. to, you know, cause and effect like very I like things to be predictable and mathematical and like follow certain logic. So mm-hmm. when I think about the word supposed, it's it just makes me think about all the times that we have just these expectations for what's supposed to happen in our yeah. lives and what things are, you know, what we expect. You know, you expect to do a certain action and get a certain result. And mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, a lot of the time it just doesn't go that way. And that yeah. has happened, you know, several times in my life, mm-hmm. um, some more major than others. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely a hard thing to kind of learn to cope with as a very, like I said, type A person, um, just knowing that it's not always up to you. It's not always up to what you think is going to happen, what should happen. Um, and I think a lot of people deal with that in, in different ways. And it's certainly a learning experience to kind of roll with the punches in a way when it's not my, my default setting. for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think like the word you said, shit, I think that's like a really that's like one of the main points that I've realized through this whole thing is that, yeah, everybody, they're like, oh, I'm going to do this and then this should happen. Or yeah. or just like, I believe that this is going to happen or that this should happen. But yeah, more often than not, it's like, mm, actually, no. it's You're going to get either the very exact opposite or any variation of of like what's in between. But yeah um, yeah, letting go of the should part is like, it's really, really hard because I used to think I was type A but I think early on, I just kept getting hit in the face with all this kind of things that I didn't expect to happen. And I was like, yeah, all right, you know what I'm done. Like I'm done trying to plan because yeah. it, it's never worked out. Obviously like there's some in between there, but
2: yeah, for sure. And I've, I feel like I've gotten a little bit more kind of relaxed and more easygoing as yeah. the years have gone by, as I've mm-hmm. like had these experiences where, you know, I had these ideas about what's supposed to happen in my life and what's lining up and what's going on. And then yeah. it you know you really get a curveball and mm-hmm. i feel like i'm starting to be a little bit more open to that and embrace yeah. like i don't really know what's gonna happen we're gonna try our best and figure it out um, yeah. especially so my fiance chris is finishing medical school so um next march we will mm-hmm. be finding out where he's doing his residency yeah. and we basically will go where the wind takes us yeah, or where yeah. the residency program tells us to go yeah. um And it's, I'm definitely at a point in my life right now where I can only think of good things that are going to happen. Like we could go to like the Southwest, kind of somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, Phoenix, uh, Denver area. And that'd be great, would love it. And then also we could end up like in Florida and I'm like, oh, cool, I'll be there too. Or like we could go to New York and all of these things. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to not say, okay, we're going to follow all these steps and you're going to get placed here and we're going to go here and just be like, you know, we'll kind of, we'll get what we're given and we'll figure it out
1: for sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's beautiful. I think the, the part about this, that whenever you, you are given these times when you don't get what you want or you don't get what you plan Mm -hmm. for. Yeah. There's like, there's a negative aspect to it. So there's hurt, there's disappointment, there's all those things, but the beautiful part is that it also teaches you how to be flexible. And it also teaches you how to be, I think the biggest part is grateful. Like kind of the the mindset that you have is like, we could go wherever and we're going to make the best of it. And yeah, like Florida, you can think of a thousand negative reasons, but you're like, oh, like you can, the the difference is the shift in the mindset of like, oh, we'll be by the beach, the will be weather, like you can really, yeah, for sure. it really is like how you, your perspective on it. And I think that's, again, like if it, the growth that comes out of the disappointment is, is really, is really magical. If you can, it's not easy by any means, like it's not like no one gets hit in the face, and they're like, "Thanks, I appreciate that like <laughs> now I can like you know what I mean like no one thinks yeah. that fast or that quickly, but over time, if you're able to like you know what, I just need to be grateful for what I have now and be flexible mm-hmm. to whatever comes yeah next. and i
2: I feel like it's also my mindset has shifted my mindset has shifted a lot from where I am, what I have, what I'm doing, and to thinking about the relationships in my life right. um over the last several years, I've just made so many you know deep friendships and connections with friends coworkers. obviously my fiance we've been together for nearly eight years now um and i think about my life as being so much more affected by the people around me and like mm-hmm. the love and support that i have in my life yeah and you know i think about wherever i go as i'm gonna be there with chris we're gonna figure it out i'm gonna yeah. be able to make new friends i've got just a Crazy amount of friends online who yeah. like anywhere I move in the country. There's going to be probably someone within six hours of me that I can yeah. meet up with for drinks, and I'm going to have all these people kind of in my corner. And yeah. I know that that's going to keep me okay wherever I am. For sure. So it's yeah, thinking about the the relationships and the people in my life versus kind of the yeah. physical things that I have or where I'm at is really really changed the game, honestly.
1: Uh, you're you're hitting on like all the big points that I like to talk about. It was like community mm-hmm. and like yeah, that that's very very important and. I mean, before the internet, obviously people are like, okay, the community means like my neighbors, my, like my neighborhood, all that stuff. But in the world we live in today, it's like, no, I've met people all over the world, really like not, not only the country, but, um, and then you make those connections and you plant those seeds and who knows what the world is going to bring you. And it's like, Hey, guess what? I'm on my way to Florida or LA or whatever. And it's like, great. I'm, I know people there already, um, uh, maybe I've never even met them in real life before, but like, we have such a cool connection that like, it, it'll be, it'll be great. And so forming that community is, is very, very crucial. So can you talk to me about maybe the first time, or maybe the biggest moment in your life where, when you think of this phrase, like, you're like, oh, that's, that's what it was.
2: Mm-hmm. So I would say probably the first time that I, you know, really had a plan, kind of go to shit. Um, for some <laughs> background, I, growing up, like school is my thing. Mm -hmm. never really had to like work a crazy amount like study super hard but was just like always really good at school and it was one of those things where I knew that if I put in a certain amount of work I'm gonna get these results I know if I've got a test about you know this subject if I learn these things I'm gonna get a good grade on it um Mm -hmm. so it was very much you know cause and effect cause and effect my whole life for that and then Um, for college, I decided I want to, I wanted to go to the East coast. I'd spent my whole life in Indiana. Um, Mm. and frankly thought I was a little bit like too good to go to a state school that was kind of in my backyard. I didn't want to, you know, go to college with everyone I went to high school with. So, um, I, for one reason or another, fixated on the Boston area. And I think it was mm-hmm. mostly because my parents told me that they would take me to like one city to look at <laughs> colleges. And I was like, okay, we'll go to one with like several. So we have to only have to get one plane ticket out and back. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of set set my sights on Boston University. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we visited the campus. It was really great. We met with a counselor and we're like, Oh, you know, tell us about the program. Like, how can I get in? All of that. Um, mm-hmm. And it was funny. We sat down with this guy, and he was like, "Okay, looking at you know your scores and your qualifications and everything. Like, I don't think we really have to worry about admissions. Let's talk about like financial aid and how we can make that happen for you." And I was like, "Oh, great, yeah. cool." So I started, you know, I had I took that one nugget of like confirmation and right. put this all, you know, into my head and was like, "This is what's going to happen. I'm going to get in." And then um, I remember it so vividly. I um, we just got back from spring break in Florida. Mm-hmm. I was senior year and, uh, I had already gotten into Northeastern university during spring oh, nice. break and, mm-hmm. you know, we were at the pool. I was like, oh my gosh, cool. I got in, but like, we're waiting to hear back from BU, which is where okay. I wanted to go. And I got the email when I was at, um, my, my now fiance's house. Mm-hmm. And I remember just breaking all the way down. Like, oh. I, you know in two seconds the whole like the next four years you've got planned in your life
0: mm-hmm.
2: just comes to a screeching halt and I remember just being like I don't like there's got to be a mistake that you know oh. we talk about the stages of grief or whatever but yeah, yeah. just being in denial that like oh something's wrong like yeah. they they missed something yeah, um, yeah. and you know we I remember reaching out to the like admissions counselor we talked to and everything and there's, you know, there's no answer stuff like that is subjective and, you know, you can do everything right and not get the result that you felt like you wanted or deserved. Um, Mm. and I think that was a big wake up call for me and realizing that there are some things that are out of your hands. Um, and thinking back to, you know, between that period of my life and then, you know, another period I'm going to talk about, I feel like that gave me a little bit of resentment and made me even more like, Oh, well, I didn't get this. Yeah that's not fair, I'm going to work even harder to get something else in my life and make sure that that happens for me. Um, Yeah. So, and it's funny because you think about how one thing sets up all these, this series of events in your life. And so I didn't get into BU. I also applied to like a couple other schools that were, you know, reach schools. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up going to Northeastern University, which Mm -hmm. frankly was my last choice of the schools I applied to, but Mm -hmm. ended up being a good and bad experience. I mean, I transferred after a year, so it wasn't my favorite. I right. felt like I didn't have a ton in common with kind of the East coast, uh, private school folks who grew up playing lacrosse and lacrosse, wearing yeah. ties to school. <laughs> right,
0: right. I was
2: like, I, I was like, I grew up on reduced lunch at school. <laughs> like we have nothing in common.
0: <laughs> wow. Um,
2: but I ended up, uh, joining the cheer team at Northeastern. I've been, um, I was truly cheerleading my whole life. And since Mm. I was a kid up all the way through high school and then, you know, kind of came to terms like, Oh, I'm retiring. I'm not going to, you know, turn college, be too much work and everything. But Northeastern had a kind of small enough program where I was able to walk on. I just like emailed the coach one day and was like, Hey, I'd love to check out the program. Like, can I come watch a practice? And I remember showing up and uh, one of the captains Kara like I met her I was like hey how's it going she's like Mm -hmm. okay like are you ready to warm up go go like run six laps and from then I was like oh I guess we're doing this and they're like all right here's Here's a t-shirt, here's a duffel bag, like we'll see you on Tuesday. I'm like, all right, cool. Did did you show up
1: in like athletic gear like waiting? Or did you show up like just in casual clothes, fully expecting to be a spectator only?
2: So I had no intentions of cheering. So I didn't even I didn't bring my cheer shoes to college. So Uh, I was wearing just like big running shoes because (laughs) it's kind of the only athletic shoes I had. And I remember like that night calling my mom and be like, Hey, will you (laughs) like overnight my cheer (laughs) shoes? They're in my room in the closet. (laughs) like guess what we're doing this so um and that honestly was just the the bright spot and kind of a really like isolating Mm. and not very enjoyable year i felt super alone but i made these friends on the team and uh are so many of us are still friends today they're like the first ones to like comment on an instagram picture like reach out about something and um Yeah. And then, you know, ended up transferring back to, um, to IU. So an Mm. hour from home and, uh, was close to family, like was able to go to school with my fiance, then boyfriend Mm. for the last three years and made a bunch of connections. And I, it's crazy to think where I would have been if I didn't have that one year at Northeastern and then transfer. Like if I had spent all the years in Boston and maybe not came home to work and yeah, it's just, it's wild to think about.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I think now that we're a little bit older now that I'm super old when I think back and I can like pinpoint and I was like wow this was a domino effect to like all these different things yeah. and and it's really cool to see now of am thinking back of just being so confused and like man my life is chaos like why oh
0: yeah
1: is nothing going right but now I'm able to be like oh that happened and then this happened and then and then all the yeah. way to now and it's like all right I'm not I can't be mad like I can't like, yeah. I can't be mad at it now like I just had to go through it Okay. So, so you transferred to IU. You, did you share there as well? Or was that? No. Kind of... So
2: IU, I like to say like, Oh, I was, you know, I wanted to focus on school and everything. IU has got a very, very good cheer program. Right. Um, Like all all girl team is uh, top in the country. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think has more national titles than any other sports oh, wow. team at IU, maybe like soccer, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, no, it's a very, very competitive program. So I knew going in, I was like, I'm not, I'm not in the space to to dedicate like every single day to it. So
0: yeah.
2: um again I kind of, you know, retired quote unquote. Yeah. Uh but I think after cheering at Northeastern and making just such great friends like having I know if you if you've played like group sports, you know that having a like ride or die kind of team with you is yeah. just such a a game changer to have like a squad of people who are going to support you that you're going to see that mm-hmm. um You know might literally like kick you in the face but you're still gonna be friends and especially with a a sport like cheer you are really putting your life in someone else's hands at times like i I know that if i'm you know if we're doing a hard stuff especially college level you can get in some really really dangerous stuff um Mm -hmm. it's just a, a bond that i think is really unique that you know, I know that someone's going to follow me and I'm going to have to catch them or they're going to break their neck or get a concussion or break their arm. So, um, so I think that just kind of gave me the itch again, after I'd really come to terms with like, okay, I'm going to be just like a, a regular student, um, just kind of not have a a sport in my life anymore. Mm Um, and then once I got to IU, I, um had seen a friend from high school that I had cheered with um she had you know been posted on social media about auditioning for the Colts cheerleaders mm-hmm. and at the time I was like oh what a fun experience like I'm kind of bored in college like I need something to keep me busy so I'm not like right. going out every night or anything mm-hmm. um so I went into it just being like okay this would be a cool experience I'll yeah. meet some people in indie um and I'll you know have a excuse to get in shape again yeah so i so that would have been end of sophomore year of college so 2015 16 something like Mm -hmm. that um i you know took a few prep classes like they they had hosted and went into it just to have fun um audition didn't make finals didn't make the team all of that Mm -hmm. which i had no expectations yeah yeah. um and then after that i was kind of like i got you know good feedback from the coach and they were like hey here's some things you can work on and come Mm -hmm. back and i was like oh shit like i kind of am enjoying this uh what have i done to myself i'm gonna really go for this and that was again one of those moments where i was like okay all right, I'm going to make this happen. Here's the things I need to do. I need to do these three steps and we're going to make it happen. We're going to sink time and money and resources into it. Um, Mm. and for background, a lot of, so NFL cheer teams are mostly professional dance squads. So most of these girls grew up doing studio dance, Mm. uh, performing, you know, very technical like backgrounds. And I didn't have that. I, had danced in a studio for maybe a year in like eighth grade. So I didn't have great leaps or turns or any of the technical stuff. Um, I was always a strong dancer on the cheer team, but it's it's a different style. It's a whole different kind of ball game in terms of technique. So I started taking ballet classes, which IU is one of like the top ballet programs in the country. And I Uh, think now about how lucky I was to be able to take elective classes um, in ballet they had all different levels from like people who have never you know put on a pair of dance shoes before Mm -hmm. to like retired professionals so um and it's just this beautiful huge studio in the um performing arts building at iu and even like the floors are like professional grade like you don't see these in any hometown dance studio and um you know some of the top like professional ballerinas teaching our classes so that was super fun i just really Mm -hmm. fell in love with ballet and that gave me a lot of um technical um help in terms of terms and leaps and it's just a different way of moving your body than any different style of dance even like um, Mm hip-hop or cheer that i was used to that's kind of how it all started and Mm -hmm. i long story short Second time I auditioned, made finals. So that goes from about what 150 in the first round to finals is just under 50 people. And then I think okay. the squad is like 25. Okay. So made it to finals is kind of halfway there. Mm-hmm. Um, felt pretty good about stuff, was not necessarily expecting to make the team, but was really mm-hmm. proud that I had made it to finals. That was kind of a, a goal that I had for myself. I had, um, you know, worked really hard, gotten a choreographer for my solo for the auditions um, and to back up a little oh, bit, really? it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty intensive process. Um, a lot of people, the only thing they know about, you know, competitive dancer or cheer auditions is, uh, Dallas Cowboys making the team <laughs> yeah, on the saying. country music the, channel. The,
1: yeah. The reality TV show. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah. and that's
2: honestly pretty representative. It's, yeah. um, you know, months leading up to it, there's prep classes every single week where you go in with the team and the coach and the choreographer and, Learn combinations, perform them, um, work on technique, fitness, yeah. all of that. And so I also had a little bit of a long way to go in fitness. I think for a lot of people, you you know, you graduate high school and you go to college, and you stop moving your body so much. You start, sure, you yeah. stop taking care of it. You're drinking yeah. a lot. All of that.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, no one's there to like. Like, like if you're playing sports in in school and also I think metabolism and all the bio, oh, biological yeah. parts of it, but yeah. But when you're, when no one's like, Hey, you should go to the, gym, no one's telling you to do anything. You're like,
2: yeah, it's kind so, of a wake um, up call. So I was, you know, in the gym five days a week, I was also at IU in the gym. There was a dance studio, like among the racquetball courts. Oh, so wow. I rent that out like every other day and go in just by myself and have, you know, a wall of mirrors and a dance floor and work on turns and leaps and all this technical stuff that I had to kind of catch up on. And I wish I could like estimate the amount of hours I put into that, that year.
1: So Um, you were in like full like montage mode of like, just working like
2: Rocky. Yeah. um, Like like,
1: save the last dance montage of just like in the studio, just killing yourself. Got it. Okay.
2: Yeah. And so the process is you, you know, you do all the prep classes leading up to it. And then prelim auditions are a full day, they cut the, the pool down to about 50. And then there's mm-hmm. a week of finals. Mm-hmm. So and that ends in like the final showcase. So it's a big kind of stage production. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the squad is decided and announced on that night. So during finals week, it's you take a football test. Which wow, I knew like nothing. I felt like whoa, <laughs> they make you guys like football learn, test. Yeah, like all of wow. the you know they'll I put mean, like a makes
0: sense, yeah.
2: Yeah, they'll put like a map of like a formation with all the the blank circles you have to fill. In. Like wide receiver goes here, like quarterback goes here. Whoa. Um, yeah, was, and even like. Memorizing players' names and numbers and positions. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like when the Colts won the Super Bowl, all yeah. the teams in their division, wow. that kind of. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot. Um, yeah, but honestly, that was I felt like the smallest part of it. The other ones yeah, yeah, were, sure. um, it was a military style fit or fitness test. So that was how many push-ups and sit-ups you can do in two minutes each. Um, wow. and then the beep test. If you remember the beep yeah, test from like yeah. PE class. Yeah. Um, and then there's also an interview portion which is you know you sit down in front of the like marketing head from the team the coach Mm -hmm. um a couple other like front office staff and i remember so i didn't again didn't make the team that second year after making finals and then asked for feedback from the coach and she told me that i had gotten like the highest interview score from that from that you know the whole finalist pool and Mm -hmm. that you know, she gave me all this great feedback, which I, it feels nice to get yeah. positive feedback and, you know, hear that you're good at something. And, uh, it was enough to, to make me do it again the next year and say, okay, like I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm within striking distance. I'm right, going right. to get this done. And that was very much my mindset. the yeah. the last year of auditioning was I'm going, I'm going to make it yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of, you know, I don't necessarily believe in manifestation, that kind of stuff, but I was right. fully like, this is happening. Yeah, um, and also,
1: also, it feels like you got enough feedback and information that you're like, "Oh, I'm close. Like, all I need to do is like, just a few yeah. more things, and then like, I'm a shoeing. Like, I can't. They can't not pick me because I'm so close. For sure.
2: You're like, yeah. I did all the steps that you told me, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, spoiler: alert. That's not always how it works out, um, <laughs> right? But especially in a sort of, you know, it's not like a track meet where the person that runs the fastest wins. It's, there's a lot of subjective stuff to it. Um, and especially you think about NFL cheerleading, there's obviously a lot of like bad stereotypes with it, but Mm -hmm. a lot of it is your personality, what you look like for better or for worse, um, kind of what they think about you as a whole. Um, and that stuff is subjective. That's not, you know, you can show up looking your best and acting your best. And maybe there's just one thing that kind of doesn't sit right. Um, right. But that was all the stuff that I got really good feedback on. And it was the things mm-hmm. like, oh, your turns are a little unstable or like. You're release it, was, it, was your more, kick, it was more your technical, technical stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, cool. I got like this objective stuff down. I just like need yeah. to scratch more.
1: Yeah. And like, um, yeah, like those are the things that you can work on. Whereas like you yeah. can't really change how you, you change your personality. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I get, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah I but yeah. So again, spent this. That was even more like intense montage, like just <laughs> all the time grinding it <laughs> out. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: And I should mention this whole time I was getting straight A's in every class. I think I graduated with what, a 3.98 or nine, nine. I got one B in a class. Um, so it was very like committed to studying and, you know, doing well in school. I, I graduated with four internships. So I was always working. Um, I was working part-time at David's Bridal at the time and mm-hmm. also like had internships during the summer and during the school year. So I was, I was busy. I don't know really how I survived a senior year of college, um, during all of my classes and all that. And like leading student groups, um, that like just brings, you know, when you're so burnt out that you don't have like time to think about how burnt out you are, you yeah. just like keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're it's like, like, like a not an option.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're like, that yeah. was me. Um, but I So I, Let's see. Second half of senior year, I was, um, Commuting a lot to Indianapolis. So it's about an hour, hour and a half drive from Bloomington. One mm. to intern at an agency here three days a week. And then also mm. to take prep classes, um, dance classes, all of that. And yeah. again, all of this is to say, like, I put my whole yeah. life into this. Um, yeah. Spent so much money on, you know, individual training, stuff like that. Yeah.
1: I was going to t- assume all this stuff isn't free. Oh, you, absolutely. Yeah. No.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. So, and I was like yeah. training
2: with uh, one of the, alums from the team mm. and just really like i can't, i didn't even like register that kind of stuff like how much yeah. money i was spending yeah it was you're just, just like oh yeah. this is what i'm doing um yeah. and also to to be frank like it's not a lucrative gig either you're making like maybe right. minimum wage like 50 right, bucks a right, right. practice or something yeah. like that so um but again it's one of those things where like it's just a lot of people want to do it it's a lot of people's kind of dream um yeah. especially in the the dance community because for a lot of people, once you graduate a school, you don't really get to cheer anymore, you don't get to dance anymore. Versus for I me, mean, like tennis, you can play your whole life. You can always join a tennis club. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, you can be a a distance or runner anything. your whole yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you can do, you know, five k stuff like that. But for kind of the performing arts, unless you go professional, you you lose that opportunity of something yeah. you put your your whole life into. Definitely. Um, I feel like I'm getting on a tangent a little bit, but anyways, no, this is good. all to say. I yeah. put everything into this um, and the, you know, the week came, I felt awesome during finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like get anyone who's done kind of like theater or any kind of stage production after, you know, you do a dress rehearsal or run through, you sit down and the kind of stage manager or choreographer sits down and gives notes to everyone. Mm-hmm. They say, okay, you were a little bit faster on this one. You need to be a little bit more left of her. You need to come downstage a little bit more And that whole week I got no notes, like not a single one, um, got great feedback from the coach. Like just really felt like I had everyone in my corner, even the choreographer who I had worked with a little bit privately. Mm -hmm. Um, I just remember her saying like, I'm rooting for you. Like, I got you. We're gonna, you're gonna pull through this. This is coming to you. And I was just so ready for it. And then like even right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, we're this is it. Um yeah. and I remember it's the after the whole kind of stage production of the final showcase happens, everyone stands backstage in a circle and we're all kind of holding hands and coach starts reading out numbers of who made the team. And yeah. about halfway through my number hadn't been called and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I'm not making this team. And Man. yeah, I just remember being absolutely fucking wrecked. Yeah you like you know and everyone is too so sure. it's you're kind of in good company at that point with a dressing room full of like crying young women but like after the year before after the show like oh i met with my family in the lobby like went out to dinner the whole yeah. thing i grabbed all my stuff walked straight to the car drove myself home, yeah. and i remember either my mom or my fiance texted me from the lobby like, "Hey, we're here when you when you're ready." And I was like, yeah. "I'm 20 minutes on the way to home wow, already. Like, yeah. we're not doing this." Uh, wow. And it was just fucking wrecked me for yeah, I could imagine a week. I mean, obviously longer than that, but like the next week, it was just like I would wake up and be like, "I can't believe this didn't happen." Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of negative connotations with aspiring to that kind of stuff. It seems very yeah superficial you know not worth investing your time or your energy into but Mm -hmm. for me it was just one of those things that I sort of fixated on um and to not have that happen in my life I was convinced again there's been a mistake this is wrong I have been had something stolen from me all of that yeah um but as you can kind of tell like it's not the end of the world I learned but anyways that's the the whole i'm not supposed to be here that's that moment i was like this was not supposed to happen this way i was like i've done too much for this to happen this way yeah um and over the next year you know i you know i got a job i graduated kind of threw myself into other stuff and slowly started to a little bit like piece by piece get over it and I would have those moments where I was like oh like I was so close I should try again or something like that and um it wasn't there wasn't one day I woke up and was like fine with it or coped with it I it was very gradual over time and I started to see the positive effects of everything that I learned from that process over three years yeah Change other things in my life and I felt like I in the end got from it what I needed even mm. though that's what that wasn't what I wanted from it
0: yeah
1: yeah I so many thoughts first thing you mentioned like oh some people think that it's you know it's not a, it's not like a,
2: you know, it's, it's not respectable kind of. Yeah,
1: that's right. But like I I disagree, but I think to the point that I'm trying, that I'm thinking of is that, but it was something that you were really passionate about and it was something that Mm -hmm. it was a goal that you set and then you worked really hard for and you put all the time and resources into. And so just that alone, like you can do that with many different things. And
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if it's important to you, then that's all that really matters. And so I think, I mean, from, from what it sounds like, I mean, those are very traumatic times especially the the moment when you're like when you wake up and it feels it feels like a dream you're like wait no
2: yeah it's surreal it's like wait a minute that didn't
1: happen like yeah hold on like no I'm on the team like this all the passion and time and effort like your mind is like it believes it you're like this is Mm -hmm. how this is reality Mm -hmm. and then when like the reality isn't doesn't match up with what your brain thinks it is you kind of go through like a weird like am I like in an alternate universe like what is
2: yeah is it's, it's a mind right fuck for sure huh. and,
1: and yeah I mean it, it I mean I could go on and on on that but but no yeah that's uh that's a tough one that's a tough yeah to and
2: I and like I said it I learned so much from it I mean I could write sure. like a 30,000 yeah. word essay but I feel like more than anything I I just gained confidence in myself I had never before like felt this way about myself and yeah I remember the day after maybe it was prelims I went back to my parents house because they're having like a big birthday party for my stepdad and mm-hmm. I of course like show up in full makeup like I look like <laughs> I'm in drag with like the darkest spray tan you've ever seen like eyelashes wow. seven inches long look ridiculous and yeah, I started yeah. talking to one of their friends and like explaining like oh I just came from auditions all of that and you know i was talking about work and you know all of that and internship and yeah he was like where do you get your confidence from and i that was the first time it clicked in my brain and i was like oh shit like i believe yeah. in myself and i yeah. feel capable and like like i have talents and something to yeah. offer and i think a lot of that came from knowing that i was really good at interviewing and answering yeah. questions about myself and something else that i didn't really expect and in this process because you know you're competing against other people directly. Mm -hmm. Um, I made so many close friends, which wasn't something that I mean, I went into it to kind of like make connections and meet a few friends, but I just ended up really learning how to support people, regardless of whether or not they had something that they could do for me or to offer me, or if you know, I was competing with them. I really told myself, I was like, if I just completely commit to supporting the other people and not trying to tear anyone down, not trying to compare myself, um, not trying to be too competitive that Mm -hmm. you know that'll come back to me and that it'll be worth it. And um it's it's crazy just the way that I learned to one, stop judging other women. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time, and I experience this a lot, as women we tend to think it's like silly or Um, not very like smart or intellectual to you know be really into like glam and like looking cool and hair and makeup and stuff like that and like um I just learned that there's nothing there's nothing noble about thinking you're too good to put on fake eyelashes um and I've experienced that a lot people you know kind of getting the vibe that I'm superficial or self-centered or something but I just it's so fun it's almost like an artistic expression to just like you know to get glam and feel really good about yourself so I love that and I actually made a really close friend through auditioning um who owns a bridal store here in Indy and we became super close um she let me like stay at her house during auditions like I babysat her dogs And I started working at the bridal store after I graduated. And that was, I haven't um, worked there since the pandemic started, but that was the most fulfilling experience. Like I just loved, I worked at David's Bridal in college and that was just great. And then Mm. to be able to do that and, you know, have something to do on the weekends and keep myself busy was just so fun. And I'm really passionate and like love to uplift other women. The most fun thing is to, See someone feel beautiful for the first time in a long time, or right. you know find something that they feel really great in I mean it's one of the the most important like pieces of clothing they'll ever wear, and to be right. part of that and just help women feel great about their bodies and how they look and especially in the face of like a lot of mothers and mm. kind of best friends and everything. Mm. there's never a bridezilla. It's always like someone in the party who's been yeah. like, "Oh, I don't know if you have the body type for that, and I will be yeah. like. Oh, I the things they say is, are crazy, but Jeez. that's something I learned both through auditioning and then also working in bridal is just you need to be so relentless in lifting yeah. up the people around you. and that's something that I've also learned through having confidence and believing in myself there's mm-hmm. There's different ways to do it. There's you know, one might think of it as thinking you're better than everybody else, all of that, but yeah. I recently had a mentor tell me that I'm confident in the way that invites other people in to feel that too, For and sure. that. I believe in myself in a way that shows other people that they can too, and that it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to think you're cool, which is just something that you're not, we're not used to, especially as women. We grow up thinking that, you know, we have to hate our bodies. We have to hate how we look. We have to have all these insecurities. And Mm -hmm. I, through auditioning, unlearned that and realized like, oh, I can feel good about myself. I can, you know, acknowledge the fact that I have talent or that I feel beautiful and yeah. that was just a crazy wake up call to be like, oh shit. Like I, I, no one needs to give you permission to feel good right. about yourself.
1: Yeah. I think that's like create Confidence is like a crazy topic because it's, there's mm-hmm. like a balance that you have to have and yeah, it's really easy to be overconfident and cocky and conceited. And then that comes off very off-putting to people. If you can have confidence like inwards and not, like keep it too much outwards, like let let just believe in yourself, and then naturally, like the way you you talk to people and the way you interact that can be felt, and I think that's kind of similar to what your mentor told you. the overcockiness or the overconfidence actually wasn't wasn't really confidence, like it was me trying to like mm-hmm. convince myself and other people that I was confident, and I was I was doing the opposite, yeah, because I wasn't confident, and I was like oh but i'm a, I'm gonna put on this like bravado and and try to make people and I I don't want to say intimidated, but just try to be convincing. And it's like, but yeah, people kind of see straight through it. And Oh, absolutely.
2: I feel like it's like when you, when you are insecure and you're trying to like, you know, convince everyone that you're, that you feel great about yourself. It's a lot of talk. It's a lot of like putting that out there and trying to convince, you know, saying like, Oh, I believe this. But when you actually like feel secure and good about yourself, it's, it's more of walking the walk. And exactly. I feel like that even me seeing other people in my life, um, I've got just a lot of great girlfriends that are so great. They know yeah. they're great. And,
0: yeah.
2: you know, seeing them recognize their accomplishments and be proud, I feel like gives me permission, yeah. even though, again, you don't have any permission need from yeah, anyone, yeah. but you're saying like, Oh shit. Like she knows that she is really killing it. Like
0: yeah.
2: it makes you realize that you can do that too. And I hope that that's what I put out into the world too definitely
1: yeah yeah confidence and like i think pride is another word that came up as you were talking mm-hmm. of like just having pride in what you're doing and like whatever it is it doesn't matter but if you if you're passionate about it and you take pride in like how much work you've done and how far you've come like that shows and like no one can really take that away it kind of ties into confidence like if you if you're proud of yeah. who you are then you know confidence is is tied to that and i i think the other part of that i do want to touch on is like as great as having confidences and like helping others and being told that you are great or or people believing in you it's a lot easier if someone breaks you down and you believe that way easier than like someone being like oh you're actually really great and it's like okay well I need like 10 people to tell me that but if one person tells totally. me I suck it's like oh that person's right and that's
2: oh absolutely that's yeah like it a takes a
1: crazy part of it
2: oh I know and I've experienced that too it's like you can have everyone and everyone in the world in your corner and it takes one person to be like hey i'm not vibing with this yeah to just make you question everything um and again i've I've been dealing with that too and it's i just try and focus on the people that i love and the people that i think are so cool and just like so exciting to be around and thinking about how they feel about me and i just um recently like yesterday someone i follow on twitter that i think is so cool i've never really talked before but mm-hmm. she randomly dm'd me it was like hey i think your tweets are so cool like you're <laughs> feeling it i love yeah. you and i was like wow. oh my god i think you're so cool and you think <laughs> i'm cool that's amazing yeah, yeah yeah um so it's just it's definitely a mindfuck though it takes like one single thing to try and bring you down but yeah um if someone's got a problem with you know how you are or how you present yourself how you live your yeah. life and if you feel like you're being authentic to yourself and that person isn't into it, they don't, they're not someone who you should worry about. It should be the people that do relate to you being your truest self. And I think that, that just makes so much of a difference.
1: I love and adore all these people that tell me I'm great, but the stranger on the internet could be like, dude, your podcast sucks. And I'm like, all right, I'm shutting it down. Like, delete all these things. Like, you know that. But it, it, I think, I mean, it's all about a journey. And you know? early on when you're trying to figure out how to be confident and you're trying to figure out how to believe in yourself and the, and you've done these things and you're like, all right, I, I feel good. And like to hear those negative comments, um, and and trying not to believe them like it just takes time and it takes a lot Mm -hmm. of practice and a lot of yeah leaning into the people that are like
2: i think as you get older you learn that we we need each other i think for sure you know our relationships with different people are so important whether that's your family or um you know professional mentors or your friends or significant other that's what what we build our whole life around and again going back to positioning how I am in my life more in the context of my relationships versus like my job or where I am. Um, yeah, it's, those are the people that are going to keep you going. And it's the amount of people in my life that I could go to and be like, Hey, I need a pep talk. And they would like drop everything, call me and talk to me for 30 minutes. I feel so, so grateful for all of that. And I, I know we always talk about like, Oh, I'm rich in friendships and all of that. But I truly like, I, I, that makes more of a difference in my life than I think any of them know, even though I tell them all the time, how much they mean yeah. to me, it's hard to to put it into words and to explain to them how much of a, a difference they've made in my life. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I will say in terms of like, you know, growth and being a healthy human being over the last few years, I like through auditioning and also like through just taking better care of my body, I have mm-hmm. developed a completely different relationship with like health and Just being grateful to have a functional body that I'm able to take care of and, you know, do things with, you know, I, we are so lucky to have one, all four of our limbs Mm -hmm. two like healthy bodies to go work out or go on a hike or play with friends or anything like that. Um, and I think doing something so physically taxing when I was, you know, really like hard on my body, trying to you know, of my flexibility, my strength, all of that mm-hmm. really taught me that that's an important part of i would say confidence, but not in the way of like how you look or you need to look a certain way, but being able to move your body and feel good about using it, I think also yeah. really led to a kind of a wake up call for me to be like, "Oh shit, like i you get one body in your life, and I'm really lucky to to have it, And especially my my fiance's on a uh, um <laughs> ortho rotation right now and he'll i'll be like hey how's your day and he's like yeah i just cut off someone's foot because they you know got into oh, it or something like man. that and every time i'm like wow i have no problems in my life yeah <laughs> i'm yeah, so yeah. lucky to have my yep. feet yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah you take that stuff for granted a lot all right oh, i absolutely. think it's easier to take it for granted and you're like oh like right now like if i wanted to go for a run i could just literally go and yeah. run." and like, yeah and, and so many
2: people aren't that lucky
1: we talked a little bit about you know, the mental aspect of it with having confidence on the positive side and a little bit about the negative side. And I, I know you wrote about paranoia and delusion.
2: Yeah, for sure. So that's a kind of a whole other situation. So, um, you know, when I was talking about what I wanted to talk about on this podcast, another thing that came up is, um, I got fired from my first like full-time job in advertising. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's a whole other conversation, but it was a toxic, awful workplace. Like just really beat everyone down. Not a good Mm. place to, one, be working as a young person. two be working as a young woman. Um, Just bad leadership, everything. (laughs) We literally had a small conference room that like we would keep stocked with Kleenexes because that's where you would go to cry when you needed to cry during the day. Oh no, really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, it was awful. So, um, but yeah, you know, I didn't feel like I had done that much wrong. It was just a couple... Um, things out of my control that led to me and a a friend getting laid off at the same time Um, Mm -hmm. and I just remember so vividly like after I you know I'd look for a job for a couple months and then started one my new agency was so great so supportive everyone was lovely but it I could not stop having just these moments where I was like oh my God, something's going to go wrong. Like my boss, who was perfectly lovely to me, like really liked me, would slack me and be like, Hey, do you have a minute? And I'd be like, I'm getting fired.
0: Yeah, wow, I'm getting yeah. fired.
2: It's all over. This is it. And they would be like, Hey, I just want to check in and see how you're doing. Or like, Hey, I have a new project. I was going to ask if you wanted to hop on it. Like, yeah. and it just, it gives you this. And I don't, I don't want to use the word PTSD lightly, but it, It's just all these things where you can't get it out of your brain and you're like, I know through all of this that I'm doing a good job and everything's okay. But you just when you go through something like that, it's all you can think about. And it's you know, and I've spoken to other coworkers who have that too, and you're just always paranoid that someone doesn't like you, someone's gonna fire you, you're doing a bad job. And it takes so long to get past it. I feel like, um, that was what three years ago, three and a half years ago, and I'm still like just now feeling over it which is crazy
1: yeah that that ptsd is legit like it again kind of going back to it takes one person that's like one random stranger to have one negative thing and your brain like clings to that same similar to this like like nothing can be wrong everything can be going right and yeah your boss is like hey like come to my office real quick and you're like oh this is it like let me go ahead and start packing up and like nothing yeah. there's there's no evidence of anything being wrong but your brain is just out there to protect itself so yeah, any yeah, any sign sure. of danger it's like all right dude prepare like you might yeah, you're about to lose your fight. job so yeah so just get ready to handle that yeah and don't walk Absolutely. in there thinking everything is fine and then you're surprised and so yeah um and it, yeah it, it does take but even
2: like i feel like the <laughs> the delusional part it sounds crazy but like after me and my friend got laid off like on the same afternoon at the same time, the rest of our kind of like group of work buddies, we were convinced that like management was looking at our Slack messages. They like had been listening in on like a conference room that we were sitting and gossiping. Like, and I carried that over. It was like, you know, and if I had a day where I wasn't super productive, I was like, what if management is like looking, they've been watching my computer this whole time. What if they know that like, I haven't written 2000 words today. Like what if they know that, of course no one's watching my screen but you get into these just like panic moments where you're like oh my god what if they what if they know yeah something's gonna go wrong um yeah
1: the the slack like the the people the like higher ups watching our slack like phenomenon is Mm -hmm. crazy and it does Mm -hmm. i've seen it like rip offices apart because you're like like some yeah like somebody gets fired and you're like oh wait a second We've been talking shit about a lot you're of you're like,
2: are they gonna open the their computer and know the password and hack into it? And it's yeah. I've done a lot of like research about like how can admin can Slack admin see your message. We used to like have yeah. a joke about like we'd be in the group chat, you know, yeah. talking shit or stuff. Yeah. And be like, Hey Slack admin, hope you're having a great yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. how you wow. talk about, you know, saying hi to the FBI, the FBI on the other yeah. side of your your camera. It, yeah. it was just like that.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, even like like I remember times when like it's like hey dude I'll text you <laughs> because like, <laughs> like we're not like we're in too deep on slack and like if we go any further we won't be here tomorrow so yeah. i gonna go ahead and just text you real quick yeah. um because you, you yeah you get so paranoid that you're like
2: oh absolutely I can't
1: I can't be I can't speak my mind or I can't be like real with people or I can't do it because yeah it's yeah definitely paranoia and for sure uh, cool okay so it sounds like you've had both like the positive and negative experience with the phrase
2: honestly i would say more negative because i Mm. feel like it all stems from having expectations and like preconceived notions which i feel like you know will most of the time set you up for disappointment sometimes you know you'll be pleasantly surprised but having this kind of like idea for how things are supposed to be. Life doesn't work that way. And I think yeah. a lot of people who have been through something, you know, hard times or even worse, like something traumatic, you yeah. learn that that there's not it's not always cause and effect. It's not a linear, you know, path that your life is going to take. And yeah. prescribing it to that, you're just always going to be thrown off if you think that you deserve for things to happen or things are supposed to happen a certain way. So mm-hmm. that's something I've really been trying to work on is just dropping expectations or yeah. you know preconceived notions that i have about what's going to happen in my life because you never know there could be i saw a tiktok yesterday about how mm-hmm. there's supposed to be a giant earthquake in the pacific northwest yeah in the where next, i live the big one you're 300 years overdue and i learned yeah, about the big one now. and i was like oh my god like literally it could now. flatten the whole pacific northwest you have no idea if that's gonna happen yeah.
1: yeah i'm not from here but i lived here for six years or five years but i i, I saw a tiktok also i guess in eighth grade like mm-hmm. people who live here like they learn they learn about like that they learn about it's coming and how to like survive it like that's eighth grade for them yeah like they're like oh and then and then I they're like all right if- now go live the rest of your life just waiting just waiting yeah. for the big one yeah um but yeah I so
2: people like they should do they should do studies on like if they have more of a, a yolo mentality yeah you go through that oh, yeah. education and like grow yeah. up knowing that
1: they're like you know nothing matters i'm just gonna live my yeah. life who, it could end up yeah. tomorrow who knows um <laughs> Something that you said, and I think this is a very very, a way larger conversation that we don't have to get into. But I think like like non attachment. I Mm -hmm. think when you when you attach your your identity to a job or a person or relationship or uh, attach like the result of something, like when that doesn't happen, that's when you get into trouble. That's when you're like like identity crisis, like all the things that we just talked about. Like that's it's really easy for those things to stem from being attached to something. And I know there's there's obviously a balance to everything, but just be ready to yeah roll with the punches and be ready to just be okay with whatever happens like i think that's yeah. kind of the the point of it all is it's all right like you're going to be fine and like use mm-hmm. it like i think the other half of it is like being in a always learning
0: mindset
2: for sure and i i have dealt with anxiety for years and years but I feel like something that has helped me a lot in those moments where I'm like, Oh, if this doesn't happen, everything's going to be bad. I, this has to happen. I have to be on time. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, have this with me. Um, and I think a lot of it is knowing that everything that you need, like for the rest of your life, you would like already have, you have like, yeah. a, you have lungs and a heart, like you are yeah. going to live, you're going to be okay. You're going to figure it out because you're yeah. you know, also a smart, capable person. And it's just right. knowing that, Oh, if I'm, if I'm packing for a trip and I like, don't bring enough socks, which is something that would usually, I get crazy anxiety about packing. I've got right. all these theories that it's from growing up with divorced parents and like packing my stuff to go to yeah. from house to house. Um,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. but like, that's something that usually I would like freak out about or right. like, you know, I, oh, I forgot toothpaste or something like that. But yeah. knowing that like, it's, it's okay. You are a person with legs. You can walk to a CVS and like go yeah. buy toothpaste if you need it and you'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think like if anything I've learned how to be like resourceful and resilient oh, yeah. and quick like quick on my feet, adaptable. Like all those things are very valuable, very mm-hmm. very valuable skills. Um, cool. So let's like winding down. How do you currently feel about where you are
2: in life? I feel so like just great and I dev- mm. I never thought that I could feel this like content, I yeah. think, and you know, secure so young in my life. I am mm. turning 26 tomorrow. So I feel, yeah, you know. Really happy birthday. Thank you. Um, Happy Virgo season and apologies in <laughs> advance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, I feel like more than anything, I just am surrounded by all the right people. I feel yeah. like every person that I am giving my energy to or is that giving energy to me wants the best for me and I want the best for them. And I yeah. think that is, just that shapes every single thing in your life. You know, when you, if I've had a really awful day at work, like I know I can go to my friend's house and they're going to like lift me up and I'll be okay. And I think that is just, that gives me more faith that everything's going to be great. And, um, you know, I'll figure it out along the way. And same with, you know, knowing that we will move most likely in less Mm -hmm. than a year and (laughs) not really know where we're going. Um, I always explain medical residency match is literally like sorority bid day like yeah, they, all, yeah. they all get little envelopes and they open them at the same time and it's like <laughs> here's where you're going for five yeah. years yeah, yeah. um yeah so it's you know I think about that which is like a crazy moment in your life and so few people are you know just kind of rolling the dice on where you're gonna go for the rest of your 20s yeah. and early 30s and put down roots maybe um but I know that no matter where I go I've got a wonderful partner. I've got the best friends who yeah. want the best for me and are going to be there for me. My family is great, mm-hmm. um, and then even like work-wise, I feel really good in my career. I know that yeah. I—it's nice to know that I have a lot of connections and I'm going to be supported and have opportunities no matter what, which is really great because you—you never know what's going to happen, especially at like big right. agency life. Um, yeah. You know, people come and go, business comes and goes, so knowing that i've got people on my side and i'm going to be i'm going to be okay it's just the level of security that i feel right now even financially too i'm um you know i feel very very lucky to not have to worry about if i'm going to be able to pay rent next month yeah. if i you know can afford health insurance that kind of stuff and be able to do things like get my nails done and go uh buy drinks with friends stuff like yeah. that is just i feel so lucky that at such a young age i'm able to live a lifestyle that I kind of always wanted to. I always wanted to be able to just kind of bop around the city and have fun with my friends and not worry too much about um, financial things. And I, it's crazy that I'm I'm here already at 25, 26 and I feel great. So I know it's a, it's a little surreal. Sometimes I sit back and I, especially in the morning, I wake up and I have this really like great apartment. I love my apartment. It's crazy to wake up and be like, this is my place. Like I, I I'm living here. my like my list, <laughs> my best Carrie Bradshaw life, sitting at my desk in the window and like writing wow. for a living.
0: <laughs> I um, love that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. All right. Final question. Talk to me about this photo. Uh. What made you choose it? Uh. Kind of paint the picture of of who you were back then, how old you were, um. And then like, what's the significance behind choosing it?
2: Yeah. So I feel like I have several kind of you know cute little photos of me when I was a kid. Um, But this one in particular, I I'm wearing like a sundress and Mm -hmm. I've got on, let's see, a crown, a necklace, another (laughs) necklace, like rings, bracelets. I am surrounded by Barbie dolls. I'm wearing two purses. I'm now realizing.
0: Wow. I have (laughs) one
2: like knit, like a purse that my grandma knitted for me that has my Uh initials on it, which, wow, I would love to have that right now.
1: Yeah, there you go. Go find it.
2: Yeah, they're like so in right now. Um, yeah. and then I've got like a pink purse on the other shoulder, uh-huh. and I just am sitting there like doing the absolute most, like surrounded <laughs> by the girliest, like prettiest, shiniest things I could find. Right. And I think I'm even like wearing clip-on earrings, obviously honestly, in this picture. Whoa. And I'm just sitting there like living my best life. I think I'm like three, four, maybe.
0: Uh-huh. Four.
2: Yeah, that looks about right. Um, but I just I was so like the girliest girl growing up. I loved like playing with makeup and hair and stuff like that. I always say that in another life, I would be either like a a makeup artist or a nail tech or something like that. I (laughs) just have, I I literally, I play a stylist and makeup artist with my friends all the time. I love to like glam my friends that don't um, yeah. do that kind of stuff themselves and paint people's nails is just the most fun. And it's like, I've been loving stuff like that since I was really little. And yeah. again, we talked about how I just recently have stopped kind of feeling bad about that yeah, and thinking, exactly. Oh, you, you know, I can't be into that and smart, or I can't be, mm, um, right. you know, intellectual and also like love to braid my friend's hair, yeah, <laughs> yeah. little stuff like that. So I just thought this was this was cute and very indicative of of how I grew up wanting to have as many like sparkly things in my body as I can at once.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Yeah.
1: love that. Um, and so then the final, final question is if you could go back and have a conversation with that version of you, what, what would that look like? What would you like to say to yourself?
2: Oh gosh. Oh, that's hard. I would probably just say to like, to soak it up and not get too like worked up about where you are in life how things are going to be which again is kind of the whole theme of the episode but yeah. i feel like growing up i was just always worried about like am i going to get into the right college am i going to make the team like am i am i going to achieve all these things that i've been working so hard for um, yeah. even when i was little like when i was you know seven years old and i wanted to like get to the next level in gymnastics and i yeah. wasn't doing it you know you learn along the way and all these things i hate the phrase like everything happens for a reason and a lot of folks that are like religious will say things like that like oh it's all in god's plan and it right. you know when you're down in the dumps and something's been wrong in your yeah, life yeah. there's nothing you want to yeah, hear less nothing. than that yeah, yeah
1: but of yeah. course
2: like that's what everyone has said to me every time i've faced something like that in my life and yeah you get on the other side and you're like god damn it they were right
1: yeah yeah it's like crazy. everything's yeah. gonna
2: be okay it all happens for a reason your life goes the way it goes and it'll yeah. it'll work out like it's supposed
1: to yeah when you're in it and people are like dude just trust trust the process you're like "The process, it, didn't it, work. yeah yeah <laughs> but then like once you're on the other side and like someone goes through it you're the first one to be like hey trust like just trust oh, the process absolutely. and it's like wait what then yeah that's a whole nother podcast and we can get into but, yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah it, it's it's true it's like you have to just believe that your life is panning out the way that it's supposed to and
0: yeah
1: and just be grateful. I think at the at the heart of it all, it's like you just have to be grateful for what you do have, and and not focus on the things that you don't have or that didn't work out.
2: Um, Absolutely.
1: Again, Kerry, appreciate the time. Uh, I know we had a, a tiny technical difficulty, and we when we got through it. Um, but yeah, I appreciate this. I I, I oh, will for, forever say to everybody that I talked to that like I didn't think that I was supposed to be here in this in this part in the interview, um, or the podcast to do these many interviews. So mm-hmm. it, it's I'm super grateful for that, and thanks for talking about you know some vulnerable stuff and, and telling me about your life.
2: Of course. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's funny to to realize, like, oh shit, I have some perspective to share, and maybe yeah. people want to hear it. So,
1: cool. Well, yeah. Thanks so much again, and I, I hope you enjoy your birthday tomorrow. Hope you guys Thank do something you. fun.
2: Thank um, you.
1: But yeah, we'll we'll stay close, and uh, yeah, talk to you later.
2: Cool. All right. Talk soon.